Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here with uh, Steve Knight. Hey, how you doing, Ed? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, just uh, getting by, I think, just like uh, everybody else is, kind of taking it day by day, day here by day. as uh, the national nightmare continues. Yep. And well, finally, we've got the weather somewhat on our side now that it's consistently warm. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be able to, I think, answer some of those questions here regarding, you know, all of this lead up over the last few months. And as you know, our spring got off to such a cold start. There's mm-hmm. been all sorts of opinion one way or the other on, you know, what exactly warm weather slash hot weather, uh, how that could potentially affect uh, the virus. And, of course, sure. our fingers are crossed that it's going to help slow the spread. So uh, we're going to have a pretty good idea of that within about a month from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's hard to believe we are, like, as you were saying, you know, going to finally be warm consistently, permanently. Yeah. Uh, but it's just so hard to believe, you know, a few weeks ago I was showing snow on the ground in Lancaster County, that dusting. That's yeah. how we started off May. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking about that uh, a little bit this week because, uh, you know, I had plenty of mornings uh, well uh, into May where we had wind chills in the 20s. Some of the uh, outlying areas, I, I can remember like Sealands Grove one morning had a wind chill of 18 and it was like May 7th or something. Oh my gosh. Lines. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just crazy. Uh, with, you know, actual air temperatures were like mid thirties, but it right. was also a North wind at 20, 25 miles per hour. So um, yeah, within a matter of weeks and now this morning, we were mid seventies, you know, I and know. humid, and that's when you know it's a summer day, even though it's not technically summer. Whenever you, because you know, my brain is always wired toward first thing in the morning, because right? That's right. what I'm always tackling at five a.m. And anytime we have temperatures in the seventies to start the day, that's summer. That's by that's summer. That's you know? summer. So, yeah. That's yeah. Summer. And, you know, when you have all these, you know, the temperature vary like it has this month. It's no surprise. You know, we've, we've had freezes. Now we have heat and humidity right now. It's no surprise that May's a pretty volatile month when it comes to, you know, severe weather potential. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as you and I sit here recording this on uh, mid-morning on uh, Friday here, the 29th, heading into the weekend, we are watching out for the potential for some Severe weather later on today. I'm actually, you know, you're at home, I'm at home, and I'm I'm looking out my windows here on the West Shore in New Cumberland, and every time the sun pops out, it makes me more nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely steamy. Yeah, there's a lot. It's really the. It feels like uh, feels very juicy outside, or like yeah. thick pea soup, as I like to describe it. So yeah, we've got uh, we've got. Uh, plenty of plenty of fuel to work with here today with the humidity dew points that are going to be in the low 70s well they're already in the low 70s and that'll continue uh until the front goes through and i don't know if you saw this but so the dew points you know the measure of moisture in the atmosphere Mm -hmm. for those that don't know anytime they get into the 70s i call them the sultry 70s um you know a really really high dew point around here is like 74 75 that's really high um we're probably going to be around 71 later on this afternoon so that's pretty darn high um but by the time we get to sunday morning we're going to wake up sunday morning dew points are going to be in the 30s jeez <laughs> so, yeah i know i know so that's crazy right there you get that you get just get that seasonal shift within a few days yeah or that major weather pattern shift and and no surprise you get this volatile weather and you know historically histo- well before i get into that um so the threats we're expecting today you know it seems like damaging wind 
uh, would be the main threat and, and the very yeah. heavy rain with any stronger storm. Yeah, right now, Storm Prediction Center um, has essentially all of central Pennsylvania. As, soon as, as far as the tornado risk is concerned, and, you know, tornado is like, I know you and I feel like this way. Tornado, The word tornado is kind of like snow in your forecast. Yes. If you talk about severe weather, as soon as you say tornado, people go, oh, my God, there's going to be a tornado. And you say it's straight line wind and and nobody bats an eyelash right exactly a straight straight line wind at 60 miles per hour that you know takes off roofs and stuff people just don't get excited over that. no <laughs> it, it has to be twisting it has yeah. to be twisting for it to be yes, more interesting it has to be twisting and for it to be sexy but um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i you know i always you know try hard to downplay the threat because that's you know but but at the same time you have to mention it so you know we we have a, about a two percent risk of there being a tornado spin up anywhere in our viewing area today. Right. And when go beyond that, the odds of said tornado, of you being in the path of that said tornado, folks, you'd be better off playing the Powerball today. Right. Um, then, so, you know, it's, it's something we have to mention, but at the same point in time, you really want to downplay it because not only the odds of one happening anywhere are small, but the odds of then you personally being in the path of said tornado or so, so small, but it, right. it has to be mentioned at least up until it happens one way or the other. Right. You know, whenever, you know, you'd think 2% is a small chance, and it is, but on day-to-day, our chance of a tornado is 0.000001%, just yeah. a fraction yeah. of a percent. So when you see that upwards of 2%, you know, the risk is elevated, still small, but sure. something that you still want to mention and just, yep. you know, make sure everybody's going to be uh, weather yeah. aware as we yep, work through yeah. be weather ready have your weather antenna yeah. up all of those things that we is, uh, right this is not so. a major major severe weather outbreak that we're expecting just your you know typical Dark cold variety. front this time of the yeah. year that can bring some strong storms with it absolutely yeah and you know it's late may it's early june and historically this is the uh time frame for the state of pennsylvania that has where we've seen the worst outbreaks yeah um you know, back in uh, 1998, May 31st, June 2nd, were two days where there was a tornado outbreak in the state. And the one that really stands out, 35 years ago Sunday, um, was the worst tornado outbreak ever to hit the state of Pennsylvania. And one of the worst outbreaks in the country, you know, happening in a location where we don't typically see it. Um, but it was the date, uh, May 31st, 1985, 35 years ago Sunday, uh, the only F5 tornado ever to hit the state occurred in the northwestern part of the Keystone State. Yeah, and, you know, uh, that's not only is it significant for the amount of tornadoes that uh, broke out that day, and, and as you mentioned, mainly in western Pennsylvania or northwest Pennsylvania, but um, the fact that we did have – now, we there is now – we now call it EF because it's now enhanced Fujita. Sure. But, Back then, it was just the Fujita scale. So, yeah, an F5 tornado, um, what, what they call the finger of God, uh, the, uh, the only time we've ever had one ever recorded in the history of the state of Pennsylvania. So significant anniversary for sure. Right, and, and the other bizarre thing about it is there were eight other F4 tornadoes that touched down in the state wow, that day. That's... You know, <laughs> I know, and in any given year— um, the United States, sometimes the United States, uh, we don't see an F5 tornado at all. You know, yeah, I think there was right. a stretch from 2013 to 2017 where not a single F5 tornado 
ripped through the entire country. And in, and in any given year, we maybe see three or four tornadoes that are F4, F5 in a right. whole year. Right. And that evening, in a span of three hours, May 31st, 1985, we saw nine F4, F5 category tornadoes move through northwest Pennsylvania, which is obviously not Tornado Alley. Yeah. For some local perspective, uh, folks around here may remember early 2000s. Um, I want to say 2003. Campbelltown? Yeah. Campbelltown, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, was a, that was an EF3. And right. folks may remember all the footage from that and uh, the devastation uh, that happened there. Essentially, uh, you know, toppled homes uh, through development in Campbelltown. That was a three. So Country Squire uh, Estates, was that the... I think sounds that, right. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the name of the neighborhood. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds right. And, um, you know, homes were completely... Homes looked like matchsticks. So, And that was a three. So just to give you an idea, I think most people... Perhaps it's even from the movie Twister. Are familiar with sure. how how terrible uh, what a Category Five tornado really is. Right, and and it's interesting that um, so I think in my one of my very first weather educations that I do Wednesday and Friday at one o'clock, doing one today at one o'clock, um, I touched on this outbreak of May thirty first, nineteen eighty five, mm -hmm. and a few days later, I had a a, a guy reach out to me who lives in Palmyra, Campbelltown area, who was a volunteer firefighter in Northwest Pennsylvania at the time of the outbreak. And I actually interviewed him early this morning and uh, going to have his story Sunday at six because Sunday is the 35th anniversary of the outbreak. So I'm looking wow. forward to. Very cool. So again, you talked about this on, and for those, our, our listeners who don't know, weather education is something that you do uh, it's one o'clock Wednesdays and Fridays on our Facebook page, right? Yep. Yep. And, um, so I touched on the outbreak back then and this guy's, you know, it, whenever you go through an outbreak like that, you know, even if somebody just mentions it once their eyes light up because, you know, he was 21 at the time and he said it was life altering because as a volunteer mm -hmm. firefighter, you don't know what you're necessarily getting yourself into when you have to go on a call. Um, sure. All they heard on scanner traffic was we have violent tornadoes ripping through western Pennsylvania. Nowadays, the scanner traffic would be a little bit more specific because we have social media and all of that stuff. But he, all he heard was we have violent tornadoes going through western Pennsylvania. We need help. And mm. he went down there and immediately started doing body recovery. Wow. Well, you know, I got uh, some information. National Weather Service has yeah. been sending out some information via Twitter uh, this week about this anniversary of uh, 85 and, and to that end, and it's an unfortunate statistic, but it was the deadliest tornado outbreak anywhere in the entire decade of the 1980s with 89 people passing away as a result of, and it, this is one night where these storms went through. That's yeah, in crazy. A, in a span of three hours. And most of those fatalities were in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think, um, I think there were, there were upwards, I think there were over 40 tornadoes of of the outbreak uh or was it 20 43 43 yeah 43 tornadoes between ohio pennsylvania new york and ontario canada right okay yeah up near lake erie and a good chunk of them touched down in the state of pennsylvania and it was just yes. you know I, I think what really separates it is um the fact that you had so many violent tornadoes touch down in in a odd part of the country and one of the strongest tornadoes of that day 
passed through North of State College, and it's it hit Mashannon State Forest, okay, and it completely just annihilated a wide swath of trees in Mashannon State Forest. And if you're flying over, you can still see the tornado path because you can see the area of new growth trees, which represents the wow. path of the tor- that the tornado went through. And you know, I, I think there's been some debate on how strong it was. It was at least an F4. Had that passed through a populated area, that could have been the worst one of the outbreak. But fortunately, you know, it, it was going through the Pennsylvania wilds, which there's very little population and development. So it touched down in the best possible place it could. Well, I, I would say, you know, I, I just pulled up some stats on that tornado, and, and this will put it into perspective of of that day it was an f4 yeah it had the longest path of any of the tornadoes that day the path of that tornado it length in miles was 69 miles think about that that's almost from here to philadelphia yeah that's insane and and not just uh and it wasn't just uh, most of its life cycle it was very strong yeah so and uh, it was at one point it was over three thousand yards wide yeah so that's that's nine thousand feet yeah that's nine thousand feet that's over a mile wide right and uh here's here's the miracle and all that one injury no fatalities so you know there you go it went through it went through the forest yep yeah and and i think that thanks for pulling that up so it was it was three thousand yards wide jeez yeah 3,300 yards wide, far and away the widest. The the only other tornado of that outbreak uh, that was even remotely close to that was in Kane, Pennsylvania, which was also an F4, and that was about 1,000 miles wide. Okay. So that was by far was the, you know, not only the one that, you know, lasted the longest on the ground, but was also the widest, but only one injury. So uh, good Lord was at work that day. Edward. Yeah, I'd say so. And, and, and you know, this, that Mashannon tornado... Um, is still being researched heavily to this day because it completely rips apart the myth that tornadoes cannot go through mountainous areas. This was proof at the time. This was solid concrete proof that when you have the right atmospheric conditions, a tornado can happen anywhere. And not just cut through the densest of forests. Yeah. And not just any tornado, even a strong to violent one when the atmospheric conditions are right, are ripe. And You know, I'd like to say that, you know, that's a once in a lifetime event that we won't see for a very long time. But I'm just talking from a statistical standpoint that that is an incredibly rare event. Yeah. Um, and the odds are against it, just statistically speaking. But um, doesn't mean that, you know, setup couldn't happen down the road in our lifetime. It is obviously unlikely, but that's why you have to take these outbreaks seriously because uh you never ex- know exactly what's going to happen until it's already unfolding i mean severe yeah. weather is a now casting right thing you know we we yeah. realize oh my gosh this is really this is really turning out to be pretty bad and there are other times when it's like we dodged a bullet right you know yeah we had a day last year and i want to say it was about this time last year which i'm sure you recall um you know, it was a lot more active. It was certainly warmer last year during the uh, spring months, and it was a lot more active. And uh, we had a day last year where I really thought that, boy, this could be this could be this could be the day. 
uh, where not only could we see not you know possibly a tornado, but not, nothing like May thirty first, nineteen eighty five, but we could see multiple tornadoes, and we don't do that around here very often, thankfully. Right, right. And it turned out that it, it, we really didn't get much of anything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, and people are like, oh, you guys were, were calling for the world to end. And it's like, well, first of all, no, we weren't. You know, right. again, you, you got you to gotta realize that, you know, the atmosphere is chaotic. It's a fluid. It's, you know, you, you have the butterfly effect at work where just, you know, one little – uh, area of clouds could completely bust your severe weather potential later in the day. There's so many variables that go into it, but I'm not going to regret putting out awareness about the possibility because it might not happen. Yeah. Because if it does, you'll never forgive yourself. And that's our job. That's our yeah. job. You know, well, there's, and I think and you and I have talked about this a lot of times, you know, sometimes they, people just kind of hear what they, they want to hear or they hear they get a little snippet and they take away from it the the most severe of outcomes and you know that's what they tell their friend and then that's you know look on a small scale this happens to us on a daily basis today's a great example so when i say we're going to have peaks of sunshine along with some scattered showers but you know first half of the day is going to be pretty quiet and then you know game on after about three o'clock I guarantee you there are people right now, as uh, I see some sun breaking through the clouds here on the West Shore, that are going, that's Steve Knight. He, he said it was going to rain. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. yep. there's, there's a definite, when you say scattered showers, that doesn't mean it's going to be raining over your house all day long. Right. Scattered showers are just that, scattered showers. All they see is the, the, the icon on their screen. It may have a sun, but as long as it's got a cloud with rain coming out of it, it's going to rain today. Right, but when you look at the radar, you see how localized these storms are. They're not everywhere. There are people today that are probably not going to get much rain at all. Yeah, exactly. But then there are others that could get slammed with rain. Yeah, so. and it's, it's a complete inexact science. And You know I love my analogies, but the analogy I always give is uh, if, you, if you had you know, um, some paint a dish of paint and you took a little small brush like you used to use in art class when you were in third grade and you, you dipped it into the green paint and then you flicked it at the canvas or a piece of paper you'd get little dots everywhere yeah that. that we can't as forecasters sit here and say what that's going to look like before the actual paintbrush gets flicked toward the paper yeah we, some we, folks we, are going to get a storm some folks will get nothing right we know we have the paint say when and where right we know we have the paint we know have the we know right. we have the wrist to flick the paint on the wall we have right. the setup but where is it gonna yeah splatter well, onto the, the people that get hit with the strong storms they think we're geniuses and the people that get nothing yeah you know they, they're the ones that go on facebook and twitter well steve you know you've been dealing with this for 17 years and you're a pretty strong guy so yeah yeah shoulders are broad eh? <laughs> yeah. do, do, do you lift steve no i forecast <laughs> the weather no i don't have to lift all i have to do is read my inbox on twitter. <laughs> it's good enough yeah that's true you know that's... i did see one other stat about uh May 31st, 85, and this is also pretty astonishing. Since that day, only two tornado days have been deadlier in the entire United States. That's how significant that was. And everybody always thinks about Tornado Alley, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, you know, up through the, the Midwest and the Central Plains. But in the last 35 years, the outbreak in Pennsylvania and Ohio of 1985 is uh, the third deadliest 
Oh, wow. So that would mean, uh, so I guess 2011 Alabama outbreak and the Joplin tornado would be ahead of that, right? I would have to say, I mean, I think Alabama is one. Um, yeah. And Joplin is two, but I may have that reversed. But the way I have it in my brain, that's that's the way it was. Wow. And well, there was an outbreak in 74, but that lasted, I think, a span of two days. Okay. So I think that what you're talking about is, is probably... I'm not sure. Maybe the 24 yeah, hours. It's a singular day. Right. Is that statistic. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's wild. Yeah. That's why yeah. I have to ask you where you got that, Steve. You are very resourceful when it comes to stats. National like Weather that. Service. National Weather Service. Yeah. All, all credit to the National Weather Service. I I, I wouldn't. Uh, when it comes to stuff like this and statistics and historical perspective, I wouldn't trust anybody other than the National Weather Service yeah. or or my own personal notes. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. They yeah. go through a lot of uh, you know surveying and. You know, which is why we just can't rely on the public to say, oh, a tornado came through. You know, if there's damage, and this is going back to what you were saying, Steve, you know, tornado just sounds like a better story. Right. Um, even as destructive as as tornadoes can be, straight line winds can can do a lot of damage. So the National Weather Service will come down and, and do a do a survey to determine just that. Yeah, whether or not, it, if in fact it was a tornado. And that's why a lot of times there's, you know, there's lag time. Um, it's often the next day that we get, you know, official confirmation uh, whether or not there was a tornado. Now, a lot of times we can make assumptions based on uh, visual evidence. You know, somebody actually literally sees a tornado and they see it, you know, and then, you know, you, you pretty much know. Um, yeah. You can't officially call it a tornado until the uh, National Weather Service comes out and does a site survey. Right, right. And obviously we can look at damage and fe- and draw a pretty you know, good conclusion, but you know, the official source is when they come down, like you said, and, and do their survey. You know, so. it's so funny. Cause you know, I've worked with Michael Gorsinger for a long time and you know, he's often our go-to guy, uh, you know, and going out and, and covering a storm damage or he's chasing it or something along those lines. And, uh, we had a, a potential tornado, uh, in York. This was a couple of years ago. And I've talked to Mike so many times about, you know, what the National Weather Service looks for and what their site surveyors look for. You and I have been through classes where they discuss, you know, yep. how they determine what, a, you know, if it was a tornado and the strength. And so I, Mike called me and he was on the scene of, of this damage uh, outside some guy's farm. And he says to me, he's like, he's like, listen, he goes, I, 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 the National Weather Service can say what they want to say when they get here. He's like, I'm telling you, because the way I'm looking at this this thing is a tornado. I can see the circular damage. I can see the way the trees are laying. I was so proud of him. <laughs> and sure enough, you've it turned taught out it was, well. It, I believe it was an EFO or an EF one. It was yeah. A, it wasn't a big tornado, but yeah, he he was on because that's really the biggest thing they look for, and it's you know it's really not rocket science, especially if it hits in an area with a lot of trees. Sure. If you see those trees downed in a circular motion, almost like they were pushed over in a circle of dominoes that were pushed over, well, then you have a pretty good idea. That yeah, it's a and tornado, it, not straight line winds. Right, and it gets real interesting. Like when it, when you have a wider tornado, you could be standing in an area where everything looks like it's going in the same direction. That's why sometimes you have to walk a couple thousand yards if it's a super wide tornado to see if there's, you know, debris going the other way. So it is easier when the circulation is really small, but when it's big, sometimes yeah. it can look like you have straight line winds come through, but you're just on the western edge of the circulation. Yeah. So there's yeah, so much so. that goes into it. It's really fascinating stuff. So you've got a story on that coming up. Uh, you got something tonight? Yeah. So uh, so we're going to, I'm just going to have like a little preview of the story airing tonight. So the the, sto- the actual story airs on Sunday, 
But then we're going to do a little preview tonight of it, show some of the uh, only documented footage of that very F5 tornado that came through Mercer County, PA, back in 85. Yeah, it, you know, just to tie a bow on the discussion, you brought up Sunday night at 6, and it's, you know, part of part of what we're all adjusting to. But normally I would say to you, are you sure, Ed? Because you never know. We might get bumped because of golf or sports. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get bumped for golf or sports. No, that's... That's no, we're been... going to be on at 6 o'clock on the dot on Sunday night. It's weird. I can't remember the last time I didn't have a 6 on the Ooh, weekend. We're going to have to go back to college basketball. Yeah. Early March. March March yeah. madness that never really happened. It never really happened, yeah. 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 All right, Steve. Well, thanks for joining today. Absolutely. It's uh, good, uh, good chatting with you, and uh, hopefully I'll actually – see you in the flesh here in the not too distant future we may i'm hearing some rumblings that we we may be going back to the uh the office sometime here in june so we shall see hopefully the numbers continue to flatten and i'll actually see you in the flesh here yeah i just i i need to look at stay we have a wall of pictures at work showing a picture of all the employees what they look like i'm gonna have to study that wall again because there are people that work at the station now that I've never met. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. I, I them on a Skype call. Yeah, well, one of our reporters, uh, newer reporters, uh, Talia Kirkland. I don't, I don't know if she's actually done like a whole solid day of work in the physical building. Yeah, she did. She one of her first days was right before, it was right before St. Patty's Day, and I did meet her. And, yeah, and I, I remember like kind of jokingly. We were having social distance meetings at that point. We hadn't gone to Skype, but like I gave her like a kind of an elbow tap and said, welcome aboard. And yeah. That's the last time I saw her. And that was probably like, I don't know, March 15th. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's going to have a story when she says, you know, I started when I started in the business. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to have, she's going to have some good stories. Yeah. Well, you know, she was hired to be the morning reporter and because of all of, all of the craziness with the virus, she's been covering the virus and, um, uh, other than some appearances on the morning show has yet to do what she was actually hired for, but Hey, the, the, the playbook got thrown out the window, as you know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. All adjusting with the times. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it. Uh, that was, uh, that was a nice one about 30 minutes long. So there you go. Yep. All right. Thanks, Steve. We'll, uh, have another edition of it's raining Mets next Friday. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you later. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Steve. Um...